before we start, a shout out to our friends over at Zoom Care, where you can never sit in a doctor's office again, or hopefully never sit in a doctor's office again. Uh, one thing that we have learned in the pandemic is there's so much that we can do from our homes. And this is a perfect example. Zoom Care will get you taken care of from your couch. I actually used this a couple weeks ago, guys. And it is a fantastic service if for no other reason than how much time it can save you. I mean, you normally go to the doctor's office. Let's say it's a 20-minute drive there. Then you got to, like, sign up and register there. And then you got to wait in line. Then you see the doctor. Then you drive home. I mean, at best, you're talking about an hour experience. But I would say probably hour and a half, two-hour type of experience with Zoom care. You sign up, you pick a time, you show up on Zoom, the doctor is there right when the time slot starts, and you get to talk to a doctor, get a diagnosis, you know, maybe get a prescription, whatever you may need in what took me exactly 13 minutes. So, got to try out Zoom care. You don't want to be in doctor's offices right now, and like I said, it'll save you a ton of time. ZoomCare.com, that's Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E. Dot com and get a diagnosis while you're sitting in your living room. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two girls that tease and may sarcade at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Not folks to wait for. Well, bring on chase. Out on the field, mile high, Broncos win is our side. Coupled with Breck, brew and friendly, don't Jim Blue to the bitter end. Come join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. We are DNVR, and we are presented by MSU Denver Online, msudenver.edu. Slash online is where you can scope out all they have to offer. And you're going to want to see all they have to offer because we are talking about 750 total classes, 45 different hybrid programs online. Uh, there is so much for you to scope out at msudenver.edu slash online. And like I always say, my favorite stat here, Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other card institution. So if you're looking to keep your job, and get your education. MSU Denver is the place for you. It's msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Ryan, what's up? So pumped to be rolling with you. And I'm happier to be rolling with you on this podcast than I am on Madden because you, you took me to school yesterday on Madden. It showed me a few things. Yeah, I mean, it was only 42 <laughs> to 14. Nothing to hang your hat about. <laughs> and it was 14-14 uh, at halftime. Yeah, it, you had me sweating there for a second. You put together a couple of really nice drives to start the game. You were feeling good, looking good. And then uh, and then my defense, you know, decided to show their teeth a little bit. Yeah, and uh, Trey Lance showed up, and uh, I think he just had a normal game. What, 400 yards, four or five touchdowns? Pretty normal for him? Yeah, you know, um, I've always been a running team, and then I got kind of bored of that. So I decided to be a passing team this year. And Trey Lance off to a solid start, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah, that's not bad. And funny enough, one of those interceptions, courtesy of RK, and <laughs> not just did you throw the pick, but RK was the one to pick him off. Yeah, uh, people 
who are confused by this, we were so deep into our Madden League now that we can't, with their, like no one knows who the realistic draft classes are anymore. So we added all of the players in the league into the draft class just as like random draftable players. And so, so my quarterback is named, of course, Zach Stevens, but Ryan's, and, and I like this, it's, it's not R and then K, it's A-R-R, first name, and then mm-hmm. last name, K-A-Y. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, he's a beast. Um, <laughs> he picked me off. I'll, I'll never forgive him. Uh, <clears throat> but I still got the win. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not surprised why, uh, why you're a big Trey Lance guy in real life. I mean, you just ball out with him on Madden. So you're like, this guy is legit. If Trey Lance is, I don't know, half as good in real life as he is in that Madden game, someone's going to get themselves <laughs> a very, very good player. Um, so speaking of the draft, Zach, we did a little draft of our own, um, last week. And it was, of course, on Three Ring Circus. If you haven't been tuning in to our Friday live shows, you guys are going to love them. Um, And each week or most weeks, we do a draft. Two weeks ago, we did drafting all the available quarterbacks. And this week, we did drafting all the available non-quarterbacks. And it was such an interesting exercise because it left us so much happier than we were at the end of the quarterback draft <laughs> seeing just how many really solid players are available and i think what's so interesting about it is the drop off there there isn't a cliff i guess where you fall off where you're saying oh man after this or maybe there is but it's pretty late where you start to say man there's a big drop off i remember last year when we were talking about where the broncos were picking we said, once you fall out of the top 10, there's a very different caliber of player available here. Yeah. You know, um, the Broncos should be looking to trade up. Now, we never thought Jerry Judy was going to fall to number 15. And so the Broncos, you know, ended up playing it right. But as we go back to that graphic there, Zach, you look at these names on here of all of the non-quarterbacks. Penny Sewell, Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Micah Parsons, Jamar Chase, Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertan, Najee Harris, Rashawn Slater, Russo, J.C. Horn. And that is just about where the drop-off is. And then, of yep. course, uh, we everyone loves J.O.K. Um, as, you know, kind of uh, that speedy coverage linebacker that the Broncos have been looking for for so long and we also know that five quarterbacks are going to go in the top 10 so let me just count here three six nine ten eleven twelve thirteen we see 13 non-quarterbacks that are very very good players now Zach you are anti-wide receiver you're saying (laughs) Broncos one position they can't select is wide receiver. And I think while I don't want to go that far, I don't think the Broncos are going to select a wide receiver. So you take away the three wide receivers on this list, and that leaves you even still with 10 guys that I really think are all in the same category. Like, I just don't think there's that big of a drop-off between Penny Sewell and JOK. Now, JOK is a little bit is I think being elevated in our minds a little bit because he's a need player. But the reason why we bring this up is because there 
I, I have long been anti-trade back. Um, I just like get the best possible player you can get at the position you were selected to pick them. And I think I'm changing my opinion on that this year just because of the lack of drop-off. I think you can trade back to 12, 15, 16, and not really drop off in terms of the quality of player you're going to get. You're 100% right. And Ryan, this was the realization I thought I was never, ever, ever going to have in my life. I'm not advocating for a trade back. Let's not take it too far and get too crazy right now. But a trade back for the right scenario would be okay. And our exercise, that draft board that you just showed, was exactly why is because I realized Holy cow, if you're not getting a quarterback and you're sitting there at nine, let, let me make this very clear. If there's a quarterback there at nine, any of those top five guys, you take them, that's the pick. Anything else I think is ridiculous. But let's say all five of them are gone, which is very, very possible that that's the case. And you're sitting there at nine, and you can get a great offensive tackle and Penny Sewell or even Rashawn Slater. You can get a good cornerback. You can get, I think the wide receivers will be gone by then too. You can get a great defensive player. Well, at that point, you might as well trade back as far as you can within staying in this zone of getting one of these guys and pick up as much as you can. And I'm not so sure I'm advocating for trading back for a second or a third round pick. I'm advocating for trading back as far as you can to get as much as you can. And when I say that, I'm talking about a first round pick. So how far can you do you have to go in order to get a first round pick. And can we find a little sweet spot where you get a first round pick and you still get one of these players? So Ryan, I totally agree with you. I agree with that. There's 13 of those players on the board that I think you'd be very happy walking out of the first round with. Uh, and again, not saying quarterback is off the board. What you have to go back to right around pick number 20. And I think in order to get a first round pick for next year. And so we're saying 13 guys plus five with the quarterbacks, that's 18. So it doesn't look too good, but here's the thing, Ryan, I'm not giving the benefit of the doubt to the NFL. Some team is going to screw something up. A team's going to jump from the second round to mid first round to pick Kellen Mond or something crazy like that. There's Najee Harris. Uh, I think we had him on the board, but ETN may go earlier as well. So a couple of teams are going to mess this up where I think the sweet spot, Ryan, is 19 or 20. And we're talking about two teams right there, the Chicago Bears at 20 and the Washington football team at 19 that, yeah, Washington has Ryan Fitzpatrick, but unfortunately for Fitzpatrick, he is just the, the perfect guy to have when you also draft a quarterback in the first round. So I think we're looking at potentially, and I can't believe I'm saying this, excited, a good, a great scenario for the Broncos to trade down. Yeah, Zach, you bring up some great points. Really quick, I want to address someone in the comments. Drew's asking, where's the YouTube? We have a new temporary YouTube channel where we're broadcasting from right now. We're dealing with some issues with YouTube uh, on some BS, for lack of a better term. Um, both Zach and I tweeted out the correct YouTube link, so that's probably the easiest way for you to find it. Just check out our Twitters. Um, we both posted the link. Yes, Allie? It's also, if you look up YouTube on YouTube, DNVR Sports, you'll find it instead of just DNVR. DNVR Sports. If you type that into the search bar, you'll find us there. Um, so that answers that. But, Zach, I have some bad news for you. 
Oh, no. You're ruining the only good thing going on this Monday. I mean, you beat me down in Madden yesterday. You beat me down again. The only way that I think the Broncos are getting a first-round pick out of this trade back is if a very specific position is available at number nine. And you said it yourself. If yeah. there's one of these quarterbacks there at nine, you don't want to trade back. So now you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> because I think I think the sweet spot for the Broncos is they're sitting at nine and there is a quarterback left, but it's not one that they want. Um, so let's say the guy that they scouted and like the least is, for example, Mac Jones. Of course. If Mac Jones is there at nine and you don't want it, like they've already decided, like he's not our guy. We don't think he's the quarterback of the future. Now you are in a great position. Um, now the question would be if, um, I don't know, I, the team I like to trade up here is New England. Um, yeah, at 15, right? Right. I'm wondering though, like why they didn't try to jump up earlier, but for whatever reason, maybe they just couldn't get it done. This is where I think you. This is where I think you can get a first round pick, um, because there's a quarterback on the board, and only move back seven or six slots. That I think is the dream scenario. But you also have to live with the idea that you might have just given the Patriots their reload and you know and get ready to go for the future again. And I know you wouldn't be scared of Mac teaming up with Bill Belichick, but there's a lot of reason to think that that could be very scary with how much intel Bill Belichick could have on Mac Jones. He'd obviously get the Nick Saban sign off. And so, Ryan, would you be okay with that? And let's say it is Mac Jones right there. Do you like that? Yeah, I love it. Oh, um, okay. Okay. I love and, it. And, and you're right. It does. It does come down to exactly what you think of Mac Jones. And if the Broncos don't like Mac. This is a perfect scenario. This is a perfect scenario because then you're not even talking about going down to 20 and just crossing your fingers that one team or two teams kind of mess up those top 18 picks in order to have someone fall for you. Then you're landing, really, you'll probably have a few choices there of guys that you absolutely love. And also, I think the Patriots are going to be a playoff team this year or competing for it just because of, of how much do. they've rebuilt their oh yeah, of course I do. Because of how much they've rebuilt their roster. But Ryan, I mean, even as I love Mac, it's not crazy to say that a rookie's gonna come in and struggle this year. And then you're looking at a top 10 pick from the Patriots. Let's say you do better than last year. So let's say the Broncos are picking 17 next year. Uh, and I think that's very realistic. And the Patriots, they get, let's say they get the ninth pick then holy cow, let's say you made the playoffs this year or you got the 17th pick because your defense was so good. Well, there you go, and you need a quarterback. 17 and 10 or 17 and 9 next year, that'll get you in the top five, and that'll get you not quarterback one, but it'll get you at least quarterback three and a normal draft quarterback two. And there you go. All you did was move back six spots this year. You got another really good defensive players, probably something like that. And holy cow, you are feeling great because you know what? There's no mortgaging the future to go get your quarterback next year. It's just moving one first round pick away. So <clears throat> here's my question for you. The Broncos are on the board. Mac Jones is available. again. They have decided they don't want him. Um, not their guy. 
you have the let's see who's a good example here um man there's not really that many good good options here before the patriots let's just say um the vikings are there they are trying mm-hmm. to trade up for Mac Jones, and the Patriots are trying to trade up for Mac Jones. The so we're Vikings, talking picks 14 and 15. Right. The Vikings are not offering a first-round pick, but they are offering you a healthy stable of picks. Uh, and the Patriots are offering a first-round pick. So you get to this, you have the fate of Mac Jones in your hands. <laughs> is, it, is it more about you where you're saying, you know what? We want number fifty. We or we want that future first. Or is it more about them? Where you're saying we're not dealing with the Patriots. We don't want to give the Patriots Mac Jones, and we, um, and you know, and we want him to go into the NFC. You can't play with scare money, Ryan. You're trading Mac Jones for the Patriots and saying, "Oh gosh, this is potentially going to be bad," but. We're going to get that first round pick back next year. You you absolutely do that. And I I think a realistic scenario here is a potential trade with the Vikings. And Ryan, we're talking about a second and a third round pick that you could get from them. Still, no, I, I, I don't want that. I know future picks aren't as valuable technically, but a first round pick is always going to be so valuable. And then Ryan, then you can really sell Drew Locke for this year because you say, we have a very legitimate plan if Drew Locke doesn't work out. And look, uh, probably not winning the Super Bowl this year anyways, but might as well see if Drew is the guy you bring in some sort of hedge. But then you're feeling really good. You have a great fallback plan if Drew doesn't work. Yeah, this is um, the, the reason why you have to take the deal with the Patriots, in my opinion, is because you have to trust your own evaluation of Mac Jones, right? You've already decided he's not a franchise guy. That's why mm-hmm. you're not, that's why you're willing to trade this pick in the first place. So you can't be afraid to trade him to the Patriots. Otherwise that means you don't trust your evaluation of him. Um, and so or you don't speak- trust your coaching staff. And speaking of your evaluation of him, Ryan, specifically Mac Jones, because he is the guy that could fall that some teams may love and some teams may be willing to pass up on. I think this is a, a very realistic scenario. Our guy or my guy, Liam Benini asks, what do you guys think Mac Jones ceiling is? And you said something interesting. You said franchise guy. Do you think Mac Jones is a franchise type quarterback? Um, Not elite, but franchise. So draw the line for me on on a franchise quarterback in the NFL right now. Like, I think it's ten to twelve, like a top ten to twelve guy. Is Kirk Cousins a franchise quarterback? I think I think he's right on the edge. Um, I think that Kirk Cousins is Mac Jones' ceiling. I shouldn't say ceiling. Uh, I hate that oh, word. Oh man! I think that that if things work out really well for Mac Jones, he's going to be Kirk Cousins. Um, now, the, like I said, I hate the word ceiling because I, I, he could be the goat, um, for, you know, like what were people saying was Tom Brady's ceiling before he came into the NFL. Um, so that's where I think he falls in a good situation. Um, not the single best situation, but he, he goes to a good place. He pans out, he develops, he gets time to learn. I, I think there's going to be a big learning curve for him that requires, patience from an organization 
um, because it's not going to be as easy for him as it was at Alabama. Uh, so I think that, I guess to answer your question, I think that in most simulations that play out, he does not become a franchise quarterback. Okay, and then then you don't feel comfortable picking him at the top, especially if you can pick up another first-round pick. And Ryan, I'm curious if there's any scenario where I can have my cake and eat it too. And what I'm talking about is move back to 20, pick up a first-round pick, move back to 19, pick up a first-round pick, but you don't have to give up the opportunity to get a quarterback. And uh, this happened a couple of years ago where the Broncos moved from 10 to 20, now, they didn't get a first-round pick back, but someone fell in love with the defensive player. There's a chance that the board this year works out where the Broncos get the best defensive player on the board at nine. Would anyone be in that conversation to jump the Broncos and trade with the Broncos from a 20 or something in order to give up a first-round pick in order to get the number one defensive player? Man, most people don't even know who the number one defensive player is. Um, like who is it in your eyes? Oh man. In terms of talent, probably Micah Parsons, but that's a guy who gets killed a lot for, for his character issues. So I I don't think he'll be the number one defensive player in a lot of people's eyes. And, And then the thing is, if we talk cornerback, well, there's kind of three that are first round grades right there. So that kind of hurts the value of one of those guys, right? Yep. And then who else are we talking about? Russo, like, I think that, you know, people are always desperate for pass rushing. Um, mm-hmm. So that that could maybe be the guy. He also just showed to be an athletic freak at his pro day. Um, so maybe it's him, but that that's the problem, is there isn't a consensus best defensive player on the board. It's crazy to think that we could actually have an entire top 10 of offensive players. Um, and I... Actually, if given the opportunity to bet on it, I would, um, because I just think that there's a there's hesitation with every single defensive player that I think if it's not a team that wants uh, an offensive player, like, for example, the Broncos might be saying, like, we don't really want an offensive player. I think they're going to be very willing to trade back. And so you're going to have, you know, these wide receivers. Uh, as soon as one of those guys goes, there's going to be a little bit of extra des- desperation to get up there um, that I think you might be able to sit sit back. To, you know, you might be able to trade back two or three spots um, just so someone can make sure they get Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith after Jamar Chase goes off the board. Um, so I, I don't – I don't think teams are going to be trading up for defensive players at all uh, until maybe the back end of the first round where like, you know, a guy we've mentioned, JOK is sitting there and a team who's at 26 wants to trade up to 19 to make sure they get him. So Ryan, I have a, an offer for you. The phone's ringing and it's the LA chargers at 13. They want to pair. Well, you assume they want Jalen Waddle because he's there. They're not going to give you a first round pick because it's only moving back to 13. Are you willing to deal with them to give Justin Herbert a playmaker? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. In that case, there's going to have to be uh, a huge uh, divisional premium 
that they're going to pay. And I don't think that they're going to want to pay it. I think they'll wait until 10 when Dallas is on the clock uh, and, and go to that route as well. So I imagine if your answer was hell no about the Chargers, what's it going to be when the Raiders call you up at 17? <laughs> I mean, the Raiders can't draft a wide receiver to save their lives. So, True. Um, you know, maybe you just say, but why? I guess they could still use some wide receiver help. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they're going to have to give a first round pick to make that jump. So if they want to yeah. trade a first round pick, uh, to draft a wide receiver, then I'll let them do it. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to fleece themselves, you absolutely take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, but no, you're definitely not dealing with the chargers. Um, and you're hoping that no one does, uh, or <laughs> you're actively trying to make a trade with a team that wants to pick whoever they want. <laughs> right, exactly. You give a little non-division discount, actually. Right. <laughs> to, the, to your old friend. No, not the Vikings. Mm, who else is around? Wait, why not the Vikings? Well, just they, I don't think they need a wide receiver. Oh, right. Right, exactly. Um, Arizona? Holy cow. Could you imagine? Yeah, that would be great. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, you you generally don't want to deal with teams in your division. Um, and I just think the Broncos are going to have some opportunities here to trade back. And the reason why I think this is an important conversation to have today is because I think it's going to happen. It just makes way too much sense to me, unless they trade up. Um, you know, trade trade up is definitely on the board as well. Um, and someone in the comments mentioned Atlanta. If Atlanta wants to move back and you have an opportunity to move up and you like the guy that's there, then, you know, that is like we always say at nine, you hope this is the last time you're this close to number four and whatever you have to give up is going to be less than you have to give up next year when you're at 14 or 17 or 20. Um, So you're thinking, okay, well, we really like Justin Fields. He's sitting there at number four. And this is the lowest price we'll ever have to pay to get up to number four. Then it's definitely something you should consider. Uh, not to mention, I'm not a fan of the quarterback class next year. Now I'm sure by the this time next year, I'll be telling you about why Spencer Rattler <laughs> is the next big thing. But right now, um, it it doesn't profile as a very very good quarterback class. And and. What's funny is I remember saying this exact same thing, unfortunately, <clears throat> the year before Drew Locke came out. And Drew Locke was literally the example of the player that I said. I was like, look, you know, you, like, you're looking at um, Lamar Jackson this year in the first round as the last quarterback on the board, or you're looking at someone like Drew Locke next year. And as much as I ended up liking Drew Locke, I definitely liked Lamar Jackson more. So that's how I feel about this class is there's not going to be a, a fourth quarterback on the board next year. That is anything like Justin Fields. No, no, I I'm right there with you. And Ryan, I know George Payton wasn't here when the Broncos drafted Bradley Chubb instead of a quarterback, but I hope John Elway maybe says, let's learn from my own, uh, 
let's not call them mistakes because I don't think John would ever call it that, but let's just learn what we should have done there because that was supposed to be the pick that the Broncos, uh, that was the best pick they were going to have in two decades, right? And it's it still looks like it, but nine is, again, in that ballpark right there. So if Lance is there at four, let's say San Francisco makes the crazy decision to draft Mac Jones. A lot of people would say that's crazy. And Lance is there at four. Ryan, you tray up to go get Lance. You see what I did there? You, oh, you tray, tray up. up. <laughs> tray up. Uh, at number, you said at number four. Yep. Yeah, I mean, or Fields, right? Both of them are on the board in this scenario. Both of them. Wait, wait. Would there be a discussion for you on which one it is? I, I, I feel like you would be a Lance guy all the way. Oh gosh, it just goes back. I, I mean, I've had this conversation and I said it last week. I said, you're going to hear me say this a lot, but I just don't mm-hmm. trust the Broncos coaching staff with either of those guys. Um, and so uh, maybe I could be convinced into going Justin Fields because he's less of a project. Um, but I like, I really love Trey Lance. Um, and I think that his trying not to say the word ceiling anymore um his, <laughs> his potential uh is off the freaking charts um and i just you know it always comes with the caveat of in the right situation uh, and it kills me to say it i just don't think denver's the right situation um whereas justin fields like all quarterbacks coming out of college um is also situation-based He's definitely more ready to go, less of a project than Trey Lance. So, you know, for Trey, it's going to be a situation where someone needs to build an offense around his strengths. And if Pat Shermer can't even figure out how to get Philip Lindsay involved correctly at running back, how am I supposed to believe he can build a whole offense around Trey Lance's strengths? The evidence that I have tells me that he's – He's more interested about trying to fit a player into what he wants to do than fit what he wants to do to the players. And I think it's the worst way to go about things. I think it it, uh, it caused Drew Locke to regress last year. And so I just like as much as I personally like Trey Lance, I don't know if I can say that I want the Broncos to pick him. Yeah, big big Pat Shermer guy here who I'm talking to right now, clearly. Um, and also, Ryan, to go along with that, George Payton has built a team that can be competitive. Not competitive for the playoffs, probably, but competitive right now. Trey Lance is definitely the biggest project among these top five quarterbacks. Justin Fields, we just saw him playing at the highest stage of college football and was putting his whole heart on the line for that game. And and so he's a guy that you could convince yourself you can make the playoffs with this year as a rookie. So you're, you should not look at a quarterback and who you're drafting based on one year and trying to compete with them as a rookie. You shouldn't, but you can put that in the equation. If you hope that they're here for 15 years, you know, that's one fifteenth of the puzzle right there. <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's hard to envision a scenario where you're saying like, we think this guy can get us to the playoffs this year, but we like this other guy better, you know, like, I don't know. I, I don't see the Broncos saying like, we think Justin Fields can get us to the playoffs this year, but we think Trey Lance is going to be the better quarterback in five years. Right. Um, it just, 
I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe people do have those conversations. But it's like if you think a a, cor- a rookie is good enough to get you to the playoffs, you think that guy is a beast. So we have uh, Tomlinson coming in in the comment section and says a rookie will not beat Drew Locke out. I don't know if it's even going to be a competition at that point. We know there's going to be a competition if it's Sam Darnold, if it's Gardner Minshew, if it's uh, Nick Foles. There's going to be a competition there. If you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, if it's Trey Lance and they say we need him to develop, they may say just straight up Drew Locke is the starter and there's no competition here because Trey is going to take a full year off. But if if they give any opening for a rookie to compete, it's not a competition. The the rookie's going to be the quarterback, at least should be. To me, it doesn't make sense to use a first-round pick on a guy and then have your second-round pick who you are not convinced on win the job. Yeah, yeah. If you draft a first-round quarterback, they are your quarterback. And I think probably what would happen is the Broncos would be looking to trade Drew Locke. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it might happen – in short order where you draft Justin Fields or Trey Lance at number four, you trade it up for them. Um, and then you are trying to recoup the second round pick that you used on Drew Locke a couple of years ago, right away. You know, you're trying to trade him during the draft for another second round pick in that draft. Um, that's, that would probably be the plan a now you can make the case of why would you do that? You already, you, you know, you, you have a cheap, backup or a potential starter in Drew Locke and you know you want as many bullets in the chamber for lack of a better phrase uh at quarterback as you possibly can yeah you can make that case too um but a lot of times I mean remember that's what we were saying about Trevor Simeon and then the Broncos did anything they could to get rid of him and we're like why'd they do that they already they had a cheap guy who's a perfect backup but it's like a symbolism thing right they don't want division in the locker room they don't want some guys taking team drew some guys are taking team trey like it's just not good you want there to be a very clear message of we're starting a new era this is our quarterback get to know him get to like him (laughs) right we're we're gonna force him down your throat until you really like him uh and ryan a team that just jumps to mind when we're thinking about a possible mid-draft trade is the Detroit Lions. They were interested in acquiring Drew uh, during the the time where they were moving Matthew Stafford. Obviously, you're not going to get a first for Drew. Uh, And if you could get your second uh, back for Drew, if you get a second from the Lions, that would be great. But maybe even a third you'd feel pretty good about. And the Lions, why they'd be willing to do that, they're sold on Jared Goff for this year. But I think they probably aren't sold on him being their franchise guy for the next 10 years. So you get another cheap quarterback in there who's clearly the backup this year, can learn under Jared Goff for a year. He Drew Locke's very talented. Uh, and that that would make sense. And also, they just got two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. So they could give up a third and feel comfortable. That's a very good point. Um, and, and it would be an interesting move for them to kind of roll the dice on Drew. Uh Jared Goff is a weird quarterback to have, in my opinion. Um, I I don't know like what their thought process is on having Jared Goff, um, but I think Drew would have a chance, maybe even have a chance to compete there. So, last question I want to ask on this topic is: Let's say you're not, you don't want to trade up to four. You're not sold enough to trade up to. Well, to me, well, I'll answer the question before I hand it to you. But 
to me, if you're not trying to, if you're not willing to trade up to four for a guy, don't draft him at quarterback. Like mm. it goes back to our uh, Drew Locke conversation after day one of the draft, and they passed on him. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you you're seeing exactly that scenario play out, right? John Elway really liked Drew Locke. We know that, and for whatever reason, wasn't convinced on him to go hit, to take him at ten. Wasn't convinced enough on him to take him at 23 or whatever it was they traded back to. Was it 20? 20, yep. Okay, 20. And so then you still took him because he was there. And, you know, we loved the move at the time. But the reasons why you didn't want him at 10 are now, you know, showing themselves. We are going into year three with Drew Locke. And the Broncos very clearly are not sold on him as the future. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, so maybe the ideal scenario is you love a guy at four, but some team just does not let you get ahead of him. Or maybe the Falcons just say straight up, we're not trading this no matter what, because we love Kyle Pitts. And then it goes on to the Cincinnati Bengals and they say, we are not trading this pick at all because we are getting Joe Burrow, his guy, Jamar Chase, wide receiver. And then the sixth pick comes around and the Dolphins say, We've already moved back. We're not moving back again. We are staying here to get Tua his guy and Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. And then the seventh pick rolls around. And this is the first opportunity to truly make a move. And heck, Ryan, maybe the deal is nine and Drew Locke in order to move up to seven. (laughs) And I mean, that would just be something else. One thing that you may have to do, though, let's say this this scenario unfolds, which would be great because then you're not saying ever, well, we didn't love this guy. We just waited for him to fall. You can say we tried trading up, but no one would move with us. You have to get in front of the Carolina Panthers. And if it falls this way, though, this is the perfect scenario because I think the most you're giving up to go from nine to seven is a second round pick. And that's if like the bidding gets crazy with the Panthers. You could, you could give up a third, maybe a fourth and a fifth in order to go from nine to seven. That, that would be huge, but you got to jump the Panthers because since the end of the season, they've been saying any quarterback, but Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. So, but in this scenario that you just made up, um, the Broncos might actually be in a really advantageous position because the, the lions are on the board there's two picks in front of you, and there's two quarterbacks left. Both Trey Lance uh, and Justin Fields are still on the board. So maybe the Broncos like both of those guys, and they're saying, yeah, whatever one the Panthers don't want, we'll take the other guy. Now, again, I would much rather you be super convicted about one guy and say, like, okay. we have to get over the Panthers. But also, or maybe they have intel, look, the Panthers love Trey Lance. We love Justin Fields. So – you know, let's make uh, let's let the Panthers trade back, trade up with the the Lions, just you know, for no reason, and then we'll wait until after the Lions pick. Although, or do you could, do a leapfrog there, and, and and the Panthers trade up with the Lions, and then you trade up with the Lions? Or well, the only thing that you worry about there, I guess, is that the Panthers or the Lions trade back with the Panthers, and then trade back again with another team in front of you. Uh, so I guess you are still trying to get up. I don't know. It seems like you're going to have to get into the top five, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, and I don't know if we, if this is an every year thing. I don't think so. It really feels like to me that this is going to be five quarterbacks in the top five. 
Man, that would be something else. That would be so much fun. And it would involve multiple trades going if that happens. And that that that's never happened before. And it could happen here, especially because of how big the drop-off is between the fifth quarterback and the sixth quarterback. I really haven't realistically seen anyone put anyone above um, a uh, Mac Jones or anything. It seems like the top five is pretty darn set. But, I mean, thinking about it, it's not the craziest scenario to see that the Broncos or that that any team wouldn't be able to trade to with Atlanta for they may say we're absolutely not moving. The Bengals may say we're absolutely not moving because of the connection there. And then also the Dolphins because they've already moved. And that would almost be an ideal scenario for the Broncos. Yeah. There's I mean, the Broncos are in a great position because, you know, as much as we talk about quarterback I still believe in Drew Lock. I think Drew Lock, if given this year, is going to play a lot better uh, than people think he's going to. But at the same time, I'm I also am like I said, where I was, you know, uh, the year that Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and all those guys got drafted. Where, look, man, the, the class is not going to be this good next year. And so, if it doesn't work out with Drew Lock, which absolutely is on the table, no one can act like it's not. Um, then you're going to be in a worse position uh, than you even are right now where you have uncertainty at quarterback because you have uncertainty at quarterback and what looks to be not nearly as strong of a draft class. So, you know, one thing that I didn't like about John Elway's tenure at GM is I never felt like he was on top of that type of thing. Um, I felt like he was very one year at a time uh, type of GM. And I just really think that you have to be aware of all of these things. You have to be aware of the fact that you, uh, you know, you're you're hoping to never be at nine again. You have to be aware of the fact that next year's quarterback class isn't as strong, um, and you have to be aware of the fact that every year that you pat you don't figure out the quarterback, it really sets you back two years. Um, so I just I I, I think George Payton is in a nice position where he can be patient and not have to force anything, but is also very aware of the repercussions. If you don't take a quarterback this year, it doesn't work out with Drew Locke, and you're back to right where you are now or even further back, really, because at least right now you still have hope with Drew um, than you are right now. And another reason why just quarterback makes even more sense is the positions that you could take at nine right now match up with your strengths on your team already. Could you use Penny Sewell at right tackle? Yeah, you absolutely could. But you don't need a left tackle, which he truly is. You don't who knows if there's a need at right tackle, right? I mean, that that's the biggest question mark on this team outside of quarterback. Um, and then also cornerback is extremely strong at nine. You don't need cornerback. Wide receiver, extremely strong at nine. They don't need a wide receiver. So it just makes so much sense to just take that swing if one of those guys are there. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the more I talk about it, the more it sounds good, unless you just aren't in love with one of those guys. Um, and if you aren't, then don't force it. Um, because you will, most of the time you end up regretting it. You know, I think you'd probably have a, like the perfect example is Paxton Lynch. The Broncos didn't love Paxton Lynch. They just knew Mm -hmm. they needed a quarterback and he was there and they said, okay, well, might as well take a shot. And it failed about just as miserably as it could possibly have failed. So um, you, you need to be in love or else you will end up kicking yourself 
Um, and I, I guess you're, if you're a Broncos fan, you kind of hope that they love one, right? Um, you mm-hmm. hope that they, you hope that George Payton is looking at Trey Lance and saying like, this guy is going to be special. I just know it. Like that yeah. makes you feel good. Um, and, 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 maybe, yep. and maybe he thinks that he can have a talk with Pat Shermer and, and teach him, you know, or maybe he thinks that he can uh, get Mike Shula to pull out his old Cam Newton tricks from Carolina and, you know, get, get Trey Lance started. No, uh, I love it. I love it. And uh, yeah, it's, there, there's so many good scenarios for the Broncos here. And you hope that if, and Brian, maybe we find out that the Broncos love Trey Lance so much that the Falcons say, no, we're not trading the fourth overall pick. We, we want Kyle Pitts. And uh, Pat says, or, or and George says, nope, I don't care. We're, we're going to make this deal happen. And that just shows you how much he loves them. Yep, exactly. Um, it's going to be really interesting. going to be really interesting to see what happens here. Um, and I said it when the Broncos hired George Payton. My favorite thing about this is I just, I don't know what he's going to do. I, I, you know, I, I don't know what his leanings are. I don't know what his favorite type of quarterback is. We have some hints from the quarterbacks that they went after in Minnesota, and they, uh, they aren't particularly good hints. Um, but, you know, the, there's no guarantees that those were his decisions. Um, and maybe, you know, he, maybe he was pounding the table to, to go get Patrick Mahomes one year that we just don't know about it. Like there's all sorts of, um, scenarios that happen behind the scenes that we don't know about. So going to be really interesting to follow. I think that wraps it up for us on the live side of things, but we're going to move over to the podcast side of things. Plenty of more discussion there. And of course, if you are a DNVR member, you can have all of your questions answered on the podcast podcast side of things. That's what we're going to do now is answer the questions from the people. Of course, if you enjoyed this video, hit us with a like, hit us with a subscribe. You can sign up for alerts too. Uh, we appreciate all of you guys for tuning in and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks to everyone who's rolling with us on the podcast side of things. We really appreciate it. And we also appreciate all of you who are members uh, to the DNVR. There's so many different, uh, so many different benefits. Wow. I'm struggling to talk right now. So many different benefits of becoming a member at DNVR. Of course, one of them is that you get your questions read on this side of the podcast, but we also have the members only discord. We also have a free shirt. When you subscribe, there's so much to do at DNVR. It's so much more than just, you know, getting our articles, which is another benefit of it. Um, So check it out, become a member to DNVR. We really appreciate it if you do. And make sure to check out our friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage, because they are part of our family that Ryan's talking about and have been for a long time as DNVR members. And they're a husband wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. Whether you want to refinance, whether you want to buy a home, they will look at your entire financial picture when doing so, which is very important. And what's very important about that is having someone that can look at all of that and know what they're talking about. And Mike is a certified financial planner, so he can do that. So check him out at dnvrmortgage.com and they will look at everything. So it's worth it to just give him a call, get signed up for that free DNVR shirt or hat when you do and get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options over at dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Zach, the weather in Colorado was incredible this weekend. And, um, you know, Friday afternoon, finished the bet show. That's always my last 
last bit of work on Friday. Uh, it's walk outside. It's 75 degrees. I've got tickets to the Rockies game. Come home, meet up with our guy, Big Drive Spence, and uh, grab a couple of Breck Good Company hard seltzers. Head out onto the porch. And, man, you know, I, I, th- I thought to myself, this is the scenario that they were envisioning when they designed these seltzers. Friday afternoon, weather is immaculate, out on the porch, soaking up rays, getting ready for a good weekend. Uh, and it, it did. It set the table for an incredible weekend. Um, that was the, when, the, when Breck dropped their hard seltzer, that was the moment I was looking forward to. And it lived up to every bit of it because they are just so crisp and refreshing. And, uh, and they're, they're perfectly named Good Company because that's what you think of. You're just hanging out with some people you like, drinking a Seltzy. Man, and to know that we have those weekends coming up back to back to back for the next so many months, man. Oh, it just puts a smile on my face. Don't jinx it. <laughs> well, that's true. Probably a big snowstorm coming up around <laughs> draft time. Touch wood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, let's talk to the people. First comment coming in from JC3080 says, you guys keep talking about how Minshew doesn't turn the ball over. The fact that you guys overlook that him and Locke have the same turnovers. They each have 29. Minshew has 18 fumbles and 11 interceptions. And Locke is the inverse with 18 interceptions and 11 fumbles. Neither seem like a long-term answer at quarterback, but I think it would be crazy to trade for another turnover machine. Yeah, so there's a couple things here, and I want to look up Drew's as well, because one thing you have to realize is that not all fumbles are turnovers. Um, so Drew, you actually have a better case with Drew here. Um, Drew has less turnovers than uh, Gardner Minshew because five of his 11 fumbles have been recovered. So we said he has 18 interceptions, and now it would be six fumbles that would get him to 24 whereas Minshew uh actually has terrible fumble luck um you're you usually recover about half of your fumbles and a little bit less when they come from the quarterback Minshew has 18 fumbles only two of them have been recovered so he would be 16 uh 16 fumbles 11 interceptions one thing I will say Zach first of all, is that Minshew has played five more games. So in terms of turnovers per game, he is lower than Drew Locke. Um, You definitely do not want to uh, see the ball turned over that much. But fumbles are usually more blamable on the offensive line. Now, you got to be able to protect the ball when guys are coming around. Um, But you don't fumble if you don't get hit. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and I think it's a it's a great point that you bring up, JC thirty eighty. However, uh, along with what Ryan's saying, I think fumbles are more correctable, more easily correctable than interceptions right there. So it's something where, yeah, that's something that you'd have to be concerned about, about fumbling, but that's also something that you'd really work with them on, just like the Broncos have worked with Drew uh, on interceptions, but just something I'd feel more comfortable about Gardner being able to fix that than Drew or any quarterback being able to fix interception issues. I, you know, you can put it this way. Fumbles usually aren't a a reflection of decision making whereas right. interceptions are yeah now again 
too many turn, too many fumbles, way too many fumbles yep. uh, from Gardner Minshew. Though I do think you could count on more of those being recovered in the future. Um, but again, you don't want your quarterback putting the ball in, in harm's way. Um, something you would definitely have to work on if you got Minshew. Also, no one saw. I, I mean, Minshew to me is just the uh, like. I don't know the most vanilla option you can have that I think would beat out drew only because there's no fumbles in training camp uh, from the quarterback. It would just be interceptions. Um, and I think that, you know, the Broncos coaching staff would love that. And also we're not talking about Minshew being our number one guy going into the off season. We're talking about being uh, after missing on Stafford, after missing on other guys. And if they don't draft a quarterback in the first round, then to me, he's probably top of the list of realistic options, but not number one guy. He's going to change your franchise. Yeah. Exactly. Like San, like Sanchez. Yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of turnovers, <laughs> seriously, yeah. Little butt fumbles. Next one from the big T. Hey fellas, long time. No speak. First things first. Congratulations to Mason his bucks. Wow. It has been a long time <laughs> uh, for Broncos country. You've planted the, I am beatable seed in Mahomes' mind. And we will be eternally grateful for that. Okay, so I finished my QB review. Watching a ton of tape on them. One, Trevor Lawrence. He's head and shoulders the best. Two, Justin Fields. He's the second best passer in this class and the second best runner. Too small to take hits regularly, but has Lamar Jackson's uh, ability to avoid the big hit while getting sacked. Wow, too small. He's huge. Um, Shows touch and zip to all areas of the field and can rely on his wheels if need be. He's definitely the number two quarterback in this class. Three, Zach Wilson, decent passer, but not top five worthy. And a lot of TDs to wide open receivers on tape. Decent runner, too, though. Shows zip and touch, but not quite as good as composed as in the pocket as Fields. Seemed a little panicky in the pocket at times. Good development QB. Four, Trey Lance, not a first-round NFL QB, maybe oh. not NFL at all. Taysom Hill, gadget player to me. Shows are, throws are generally not impressive. Great runner, though. Reminded me of Tebow at times. Wouldn't remind him in the second round, but even that would feel like a reach. Wow. <laughs> Five, Mac Jones, not a first-round quarterback either. Opposite skill set to Lance, but with a weak arm. Wouldn't pick him in the second or third. And the interesting thing is I went back and watched Drew Locke's Missouri Hypes uh, highlight tape. He's better than all but the top two, and I don't think it's close. This quarterback class is not good. If Fields is there at six, we could look to move up. Other than that, I'm out on 2021 QBs. Drew is our guy. Peace out and love to all. Talk about some <laughs> spicy hot takes, Zach. These are melting the microphone as I'm just saying them out loud. I mean, Ryan, on, on DraftKings, you have Justin Fia, or uh, I'm sorry, Zach Wilson being like minus 600 and minus 500 for being the number two overall pick, just saying he's a guaranteed lock to be the number two. This makes me wonder, I mean, what if what if the Jets think like Big T does? And how much does that spice things up? Or does it not at all? Because then if Zach Wilson's there at three, the 49ers just say, oh, okay, we didn't think he was going to be here, but we really like Zach Wilson. And then still three quarterbacks gone in the first three picks. And it's pretty much the quarterbacks that we think. What percent of you, uh, it's a good point. And, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think, I think they're going Wilson. But what percentage of you believes that the 49ers are going Mac Jones at three? Um, 20%. Okay. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page there. <laughs> that feels like two, it was just like, it feels like it's never the first name. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that was the first name. And then like, as we get closer to the draft, there'll be a report that comes out. They really love Justin Fields and blah, blah, blah. Like it, and it's never that easy where they trade up to three and everyone's like, Oh, Mac Jones. Okay, cool. Move on. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's crazy how we've heard 
a pretty convincing argument from so many people that seem well connected for Trey Lance, for Justin Fields, and for Mac Jones coming with that. Yeah. I don't know how you can look at Trey Lance and say maybe not an NFL quarterback. Uh, yeah, no, I, I certainly don't either. And Trey Lance, of course, makes sense for the 49ers because he's more of a project. And uh, at least initially, we're seeing that the 49ers are okay with hanging on for Jimmy G for one more year, unless, you know, some team gives up a first round pick, which is crazy to think a team would do that. Yeah, I, I love the 49ers being like, we don't like this guy. Want to trade a first round pick for him? <laughs> right, right. And, and that coming out just a week after being like, uh, no, no, we're keeping him. Absolutely no chance for trade. Oh, the first round pick? Yeah, silly, silly, silly. <laughs> yeah, I. Big uh, T, I, I, I won't forget these takes. These are, these are too <laughs> spicy for me to forget. I hope that the Broncos don't view it this way because they will certainly not be going quarterback if that's the case. Yeah, for sure. Next one coming in from Windy City Bronco. We've you've talked about it. If the Broncos are confident in one of the quarterbacks that they should be aggressive, trade up and get their guy. You might be wrong, but better to take your chance than let a good prospect get by you. There's a, a correlate a correlate to the to this though. If a top quarterback prospect falls to you in the first round, you take him unless you're certain that he will fail. If some other team is willing to trade up to get him, maybe you should check your scouting again. Maybe you're wrong. Landing a quarterback is a game of odds. The more draft picks you spend, the more likely one of them pans out. Um, I disagree with this. Um, I, I agree with your last sentence, though. The more you spend on quarterbacks, the more chances you have of getting one right. But you definitely shouldn't take one that you your personal scouting and your team scouting has said, like, eh, we don't think he's worth the number nine pick. That would be Paxton Lynch, right? Exactly. That would be drafting a quarterback in the first round to draft a quarterback in the first round. And the reason I say uh, I, I say draft one of the top five quarterbacks is because I like all of them. It's not just because, uh, oh, he's got a quarterback before his name. Yep, you take him. No, it's because I like all of these guys for different reasons. Uh, and so I, I agree with you in, in terms of that, Windy City Bronco. If you like all of these guys and one of them's there, you take them without a question. And the thing is, though, man, could you imagine changing your entire draft plan in a five-minute window let's say you don't really like Mac Jones you like him but you're not going to take him at nine and the Patriots call and they want to move up to take Mac and you scrape everything you've done the millions of dollars you put into scouting over the past 12 months because of a five-minute decision right before your pick yeah I mean again if you're going to just take quarterback until you find one you might as well just fire all of your scouts uh until you have a quarterback and then you can rehire them all but like <laughs> you have to you pay the like you said zach you invest millions of dollars into scouting these guys if you don't trust your scouts then what are you even doing here um and, and you also have to trust your own opinion now if you're the gm you get the luxury of being the final say so even if all of your scouts uh don't like a guy you could say like, no, I like Mac Jones. We're taking him. That's, that's up to you, but someone has to love him, right? Like it has to be one or the other. The scouts are telling you this guy's a baller, or you're saying this guy's a baller. If you, if you don't like him and your scouts don't like him, it doesn't matter what any other team thinks. Uh, you have to you have to believe in your evaluations. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Or they could totally spoof you, and you get the feeling that the Patriots are trading up for you for Mac Jones, 
and uh, and you draft him, but actually they were trading up because they wanted Penny Sewell or something like that. Because when they right. when they call you, Ryan, I don't imagine they're saying, "Yeah, we want Mac Jones." They they're not telling you their game plan. But it's a it's unspoken, right? Like you're saying Mac Jones is on the board, you're gonna you right. guys are gonna have to pay the quarterback premium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man, I love the quarterback premium. Me too, and I I I mean. I don't think the Broncos are going to be able to get the quarterback premium out of anyone this year. <laughs> yep. They all may be gone by then. It is so crazy. I mean, truly we're reaching a point where like, I think quarterback, I think the understanding of quarterback is higher than it's ever been. Yep. I think so too. I mean, we're talking about five quarterbacks in the top 10 picks. Like you said, Ryan, it wouldn't shock me if five quarterbacks went in the top five picks. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you know, it's so funny. We were talking about the NHL and goalies the other day. And it's, and I was saying like teams have just decided the risks too high, even though they know the importance. Um, And the NFL is literally going the exact other way. They're like the risk of not taking a quarterback is too high. You have to just try and try and try until you actually get one. Yep, exactly. Next one coming in from the Danimal live from sunny Florida. Mace, I'm starting to think you're stalking me. First North Carolina and now here getting weird, man. Since we've been talking about drafting quarterbacks all week, I thought I'd throw out some trivia to remind us all how we roll at drafting quarterbacks. Which drafted Broncos quarterback has the most playoff wins and how many is it? You'll love the answer and want to cry at the same time. And Mace, the offer is still on the table since I know you were so excited about it last time. Shoot over to Melbourne, Florida, and there's a free tandem skydive with me waiting for you. Love y'all, Danimal. Okay, so what was the question again? The question is which drafted Broncos quarterback has the most playoff wins and how many is it? Oh, it's definitely Tim Tebow with one. Yep, Tim Tebow with one. (laughs) And that is depressing and awesome because that one win was awesome. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos have never drafted a good quarterback other than Jay Cutler. Yep, and then they shipped him out before he could even blossom. Yeah, thanks a lot, Josh (laughs) McDaniel. Does any team want to give him the reins again? I certainly wouldn't want to. No, some team's going to do it, and I'm going to laugh at them. Some team has tried, and then Josh McDaniels laughed at them for doing that. Yeah, I mean, geez. (laughs) Unless he's just going to stay there in New England until Bill gives him the reins. Yep, which seems like Bill's not going anywhere until he finally gets this thing back going the right way. Yeah, like, don't you think he's just going to coach until he can win another Super Bowl? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now he has to catch Tom. You can tell when Bill's about to retire because they're going to start trading future picks in order to, uh, you know, get better team this year. When he's trading like two and three year picks out, you know, he's only got, you know, one or two years left. Yeah, um, I'll I'll go on record saying Bill Belichick will never win another Super Bowl. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll that, have that take. That that's not that's not too spicy though. Can, can we it's go not. like another playoffs? Can we go another division win or something like that? Um, no. No, I mean, I don't see it happening now, but there's just way too many things that have to happen between now and then. I just, I think that, uh, I don't know. That's why I'm not scared of them taking Mac Jones. Like, it's not as if they've just been 
growing quarterbacks on trees. Like they got one right. That was Jimmy G. Even he wasn't good enough to win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, they've had like Jacoby Brissett in there. Didn't did they draft him? Yep. Did they yep. I think him? fourth round pick. Okay. Uh, so like they've been very good at getting like mediocre guys. I just don't think they're ever going to get the top level guy again. And you're not a Cam Newton believer, huh? Most certainly not. Yeah. Pretty easy not to be one of those right now. My only regret is that I rescinded my Cam Newton take after he was so good. For the first four weeks. <laughs> I mean, you were trusting your eyes. I can't blame you for that. Yeah. He looked incredible. It looked like he was there. And then, uh, you know, the stamina just went from a hundred to zero, just like that. Yeah. Just gone. He could last next, one, one month. Next one here from Jay Clayton 85. What if we change that O on locks Jersey to a U come out of retirement and win a Super Bowl. We'll make sure the offensive line protects you. There's a lot of good selling points. Think George pursued it? No. <laughs> uh, if anyone would pursue it, it would be John Elway, right? They've got the Stanford connection. And I just assume John calls him and he's like, hey, uh, Andrew, just, you know, just throwing this out there. Any interest in coming back? And Andrew does his like patented goofy ass <laughs> laugh. He's like, oh, John, no, no, thanks, man. Uh, I'm out here on a boat in Florida. It's uh, fantastic weather out here, man. I've been hit by a 300-pound man in two years. It's incredible. And my investments of my $87 million have grown to $250 million this last year. Yeah. I'm. Oh, wait, John, is that you on the yacht over there? Yeah, he's, he's like... John, I haven't shaved my neck beard in two years. It's incredible. No one's making fun of me for it. I've been playing FIFA and watching soccer every weekend. Yeah, that's true. You're probably going to catch him at a uh, soccer game out in Europe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Andrew Luck's not coming back, man. He, he's living the life right now. He, re he really is. I mean, you get to retire at 30 years old with 100 million bucks. Yeah, you're that you're pretty good. Was there actually a story out there about him like killing it in the investment world? No, but no, I, I not okay. that I've heard of. I just wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he, I feel like he's invest. He's like investing in like esports and just like right. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't think there's any way he uh, still lives in Indianapolis, do we? You know, no, I don't think so. Where's he from? Uh, well, from obviously, Northern California. I I don't know. I mean, that would make a lot of sense. He's only 32 years old. He was born, oh, in Washington, D.C. Oh, that's so on brand for him. It, it is. Maybe, I mean, he maybe, he, maybe he settles in, uh, in Indianapolis right in between those two. But actually, he's not doing that. Oh, okay, right. He, was, he went to high school in Texas. Okay. Wow, he's been all over the place. Well-traveled man. I bet he's been even more places now. <laughs> I bet so, man. 6'4", 240. Yeah, John, if you could work on that in your last year with the team, that would be awesome. I can't even imagine. Like, 6'4", 240, and he moved like, I don't know, Cam Newton. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that just shows how much he was hit when his body started to break down. Yeah, well, remember the Broncos like lacerated his spleen or something? Oh my gosh, yep. And didn't he stay in the game? Yeah, he did. He gosh. Got, he was a badass. <laughs> Next one coming in from, oh wow, it's a long one, from Love Thunder Down Under. He says, one, there was a cat on the field in Colorado. Two, 
Zach is the only there. person I know. Yes, you were. <laughs> Did you chase it down? No, I would never. Um, <laughs> my not, my allergies would flare up. <laughs> I think I got allergies just from seeing it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Two, Zach is the only person I know with a cat in Colorado. Three, therefore, Zach's cat was on the field in Colorado. Good man, Zach. Good man. Yeah, Ryan, I knew you were going to be there and uh, and uh, wanted your allergies to flare up. So I, I sent my my boys down. Where did that cat come from? It's a great point. I, I mean, d- does it live in the stadium? Because that 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 that's what the reports were from the MetLife cat. Well, and did you hear how about how the myth lives on? The cat escaped after they got it off the field. Like they didn't like trap it. <laughs> wow. So they got it off the field and then were like carrying it through the concourse and then it went and got out <laughs> and then ran ran away. So now it's still back in course. So it's ready for round two. I assume there's just incredible mouse hunting in the bowels oh, of course yeah. field. And that's why it lives in there. And especially after that report came out, uh, what a couple of years ago from ESPN, I think breaking down how uh, sanitary stadiums were. Yeah, that was uh it was a tough, it was a tough week for Colorado stadiums. <laughs> it really was. And it, it did, it did uh, give some insight as to why cats would live in the stadium. I'll <laughs> never forget the, freaking mouse stampede over our heads (laughs) wait what is that (laughs) literally there's no other way to describe it than a mouse stampede we're sitting in the press box and a stampede of mice went over our heads like it was shaking the ceiling tiles we knew something maybe there was a cat in the vents coming after that's what they were running from Makes perfect sense. Oh man, maybe next time we'll hear hear the attack happen. God. Oh man, he goes on and says football stuff. Humans and our models are really, really bad at pricing low probability events. That's what a successful quarterback is, a rare event. Having more shots at a quarterback is more important than taking one heavily loaded shot. You want more shots at it, not less. So I'd love to see a probability-driven argument that suggests you're more likely to get a franchise quarterback by throwing three first round picks and possibly drew at one player in 2020 than by simply selecting three different first round quarterbacks, but LTDU, the Broncos. Oh, and then we respond by saying, but love thunder down under the Broncos may not be back in position like nine to have the ability to move up and get someone in the top five. Thanks for asking. He says, you don't need to take a quarterback in the top five for them to be successful. In fact, there's nothing in the current cohort of quality NFL quarterbacks that suggests you need to be anything other than a first rounder. And even that is arguable. Six of the top 10 quarterbacks are drafted after pick nine. And of the other four, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert have one really notable season. And while they look great, don't have lots of history. Brian Tannehill failed before he was a success and was on a different team. Kyla Murray is great, but not world changing just yet. My point, I think this need this needs to be, I don't think this needs to be rushed. Totally okay with drafting any of the top five quarterbacks if they fall to nine. Not okay with giving away capital to move up. If anything, trade back and as many, get as many day two picks as you can. But whatever you do, George, don't skip steps. And then he uh he drops an article in there that says ranking. Per this link, by the way, not going to hang up on it. All right, Ryan, this kind of goes exactly opposite of what you talked about in the first segment. The problem is, is that, like I said, the, the premium on quarterbacks is only going up. 
Five are going in the first five. Then there's no more. It's not like you can just okay, we'll just take the sixth guy. I mean, you're not taking Kellen Mond at number nine um, or, you know, whoever the hell else is out there. So there's a reason why five are going in the top five, because everyone who needs a quarterback is willing to do whatever it takes to get one. And people are really desperate. Now, it might be five in the top seven, five in the top, whatever. The, you're right that, you know, the Mahomes of the world, he was number 10. Um, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson was the third quarterback taken, I believe, right? Or was he the second? I think third. Yeah, so you're right. There's no like, oh, you got to get up to the top five. But all of those guys that you named, uh, Josh Allen, Justin Hurt, Ryan, I bet you they were all top five quarterbacks picked in their draft. Uh, and so if you want a top five one this year, you got to get into the top five of the draft. Yep. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, Ryan, the important thing is, is knowing that there's five quarterbacks in this draft that are worthwhile and knowing that six, there's a massive drop off to the most disappointing thing in this draft would probably be the Broncos staying at nine and picking Kellen Mond. That would be just h- horrific. And I don't think that's something <laughs> that will happen, uh, but that's something that you can't have happen. If you want a quarterback this year, which George Payton has certainly not closed the door on that because they haven't made a single move at quarterback. In fact, Jeff Driscoll is still on the team. They haven't done anything at quarterback. If you want one, you got to make sure you get your guy. I'm going to be kind of pissed if Jeff Driscoll's the backup going. (laughs) Oh God. I think it's going to make us question everything about George Payton. He's had a great off season up to this point, but if he's the backup boy, that's going to be tough. Yeah, unless they bring him in and start using him like we thought they would last year. Like hey, use they, him in they did it for one play. One play, nine yards. <laughs> and it was good. That That's what he's about. It's kind of like all of the other things that Pat Shermer did that were creative. <laughs> Worked once, never used it again. <laughs> and if you want something that's going to work once and you'll use it again, well, check out our friends over at Manscaped because, guys, the Lawnmower 3.0 is perfect. I, I talk about how it has the LED light, how it has the advanced skin-safe technology so that you can you can see everything down there and so that it's not going to nick you at all. What it also has is an incredible battery life. I mean, I charge this thing so rarely, and it's perfect. It is so reliable really, and trustworthy. Really quick on that note, I literally lost my charger for six months i'm not kidding the charger was gone for six months and it didn't die and then it finally died and i'm like all right i gotta find that damn charger (laughs) and then you you found it and you were your skin was safe with of course the lawnmower 3.0 is what i'm talking about and here's what you do get in on the perfect package 3.0 which you'll get the lawnmower 3.0 plus so many other great products and get it at 20 percent off by using the magical code dnvr over at manscaped and you'll get free shipping too so nothing's better than protecting yourself, grooming yourself, getting yourself something that will last forever at 20% off. Check out our friends at manscaped.com. Use the code DNVR, get 20% off and get free shipping when you do. It was actually eight months that the charger was lost. Wow. That, that I, I honestly don't know if I've ever charged mine. Yeah. <laughs> now, but I, it look, kind of looks cool on the charger. So now it just, that's where it chills for me. It does. Um, what else are we talking about? We are talking about our friends at Hassle Cattle Company. Uh, listen, guys, this stuff is off the charts good. Like, 
sometimes I don't know. Uh, I wonder if I'm like, do like, I always know I love this stuff, but I'm like, do I love this stuff more because like they support DNVR. So I'm like being tricked in my mind. And then like, I'll talk to someone at the bar who's like, Oh my God, I ordered some hassle cattle steaks and they are incredible. I'm like, all right, I'm not crazy. I'm not biased in my own mind. Um, and, and hassle cattle is one of the ones I've maybe heard the most from. I actually got a DM on Instagram the other day from someone who was cooking up the Denver steaks, um, said they, they've made three different orders, I think from hassle cattle company and have not had anything that disappointed them yet. So this is the real deal, uh, Hassle Cattle Company. You got to try it out. They've got all sorts of different stuff, and they call it the blue collar wagyu because everyone can afford it. So check them out, HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Use code DNVR10 for 10% off, and any orders over $200 get you free shipping. And let me tell you, you're gonna eventually want $200 worth of this meat. So you might as well just go all in right away. Uh, check them out, HassleCattleCompany.com. Also, make sure to check out our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. I got myself a cup of Strava Craft Coffee right now. And Ryan, I was only a cold brew guy before meeting Strava Craft Coffee. I should say an iced coffee guy before okay. meeting Strava Craft Coffee. Now in the mornings, you're not going to like me for this. I can do hot coffee. Wow. Hey, look, I... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, supportive person. Uh, you, you drink your coffee however you want. <laughs> you know, I just, I throw the Strava craft coffee, grind it, and then pour some water. And it is such a delicious cup of coffee. And not only is it a delicious cup of coffee, but it has that CBD punch, which helps relieve aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on. It really does help with, uh, I would occasionally get migraines since drinking Strava craft coffee. Those numbers have significantly got down. And if you use the code, DNVR25, you'll get 25% off your first order of Strava Craft Coffee. So make sure to give it a try now using that magical code DNVR25 for 25% off. And then after you've used that code, subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee and you'll save 20% off on every single purchase after that. You can also have the option of getting it delivered straight to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks. So why don't you go to Strava Craft Coffee right now, go to Manscaped and go to Hassle Cattle Company, get all of these products at at least 20% off. And then also you can just have damn good beef show up to your door and damn good coffee show up to your door. So make sure to check out our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. Use that code DNVR25. All right, Ryan, let's jump back into the comment section. Next one coming in from some people call me the space cowboy. I feel like Mac Jones to San Fran is such a smoke screen. When everyone is saying one thing, especially in smoke screen season, it feels right for the 49ers to do something else. I feel like Trey Lance would be a much better fit since he needs a year to develop and they have Jimmy G locked up. I'll be so hyped for Trey Lance if he goes to San Fran. I'll be yeah. so hyped because he's going to fall. And I, I like, I have a. I don't know why I have a sweet spot for the 49ers, a soft spot for the 49ers, I guess is the correct term. I kind of feel like everyone here does, right? I mean, everyone loves Kyle Shanahan here. Everyone loves John Lynch. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe that has something to do with it. Also, their colors are great. Like, I'm not a big red guy, but the way that they mix the red and gold is unique and beautiful. And then those black jerseys that they have, whew, those are great. Yeah, they, they are really good. Hey, anything with gold in it, I, I can sell you on. That's very true. Um, and there's like good memories of their stadium. 
Uh, obviously, that's where the Broncos won Super Bowl 50. Um, not as good of a memory, but still a solid memory. The Buffs played in a Pac-12 championship there. Where we'll forget about the score and all that other stuff. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. And then just, like, that area is a cool area. So. Yeah, yeah. It really Is it still the Bay Area? Apparently everything is. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've off, I, I had an old take that I've since put to bed, but like that saying you're from the Bay Area is like one of the most annoying things. It's like, <laughs> just tell me where you're from. Like, like uh, Liz, I'm not like a simpleton. I, I know there's like San Jose <laughs> and there's also Santa Clara. And there's also San Francisco. Like, uh, trust me, I can handle a little more detail. Man, people who are from Chicago that who aren't actually from Chicago, they'd be like, "Oh, I'm from Chicago." I'll be like, "Oh, I I've been there a couple of times. Like, have some friends there. Where where in Chicago?" And, and they'll say something. I'll be like, "Oh, actually, I've never heard of that." And they're like, "Well, it is two hours away." I'm like, yeah, well, you're I'm not like, from Chicago. Where are you from? I'm from Vail. Oh, really? <laughs> I love skiing. Like, you big skier. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I'm, I grew up in the city, uh, in downtown Denver. So uh, like what? It's the exact same thing. Or the other way around. I'm from Denver. Right. Oh, nice. From the city. Uh, well, no, not really. I'm, I'm from a small <laughs> valley two hours away. Uh, that's basically a completely different climate. Right. Exactly. It's more of European mountains than Denver. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just we're like, we can handle a little bit of extra detail. <laughs> right. What, you think we're dumb or something? <laughs> I'm from Berkeley. Oh, uh, where's that? <laughs> Is that in Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, that's good. That felt good I don't to even... bring that one back. That's a good, that's a good old take. I, I gotta yeah, bring, don't even know how we the got there. Bay Area. <laughs> I'm from the uh, Rocky Mountain area. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Would you say we're from the West, though? Yes. So you wait, you're not a yeah, Midwest I mean, crowd. No, it, it's a vibe thing, right? Like Colorado has the vibes of the West. It doesn't yeah. have the vibes of the Midwest. It has a little bit of Midwest flavor just in the sense that most people are really nice. Right. Um, but most people are really nice in like California too, from my experience. Yeah, man. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> from our friend Swedish Bronco. So you often discuss what a fan wants, one championship and nine years of bad compared to always being competitive. I'm living it as we speak. Well, I think all Broncos fans are, but I think he's going a different direction here. My childhood hockey club, HV71, has been, a, has been competitive more or less the entire 2000s. We won our latest championship in 2017 against a team called Brianus. I think you got it. Uh, um, and this year... Some expert expected HV71 to win the title. Fast forward to today. HV71 ended up as the last team of 14. <laughs> Worst finish since I was born. So now they have to play out against Brynäs, a best of seven. Loser stays in the tier one league. Loser two, or, or sorry, winner stays in the tier one, tier one league. Le- loser goes to tier two, losing millions in TV revenue. So it's only one club goes up each year since a recent change getting back isn't easy several clubs have become stuck in tier two after going down for the first time ever i am scared <laughs> i trade all but the 1995 title to not have to live through this horrible match series <laughs> that is incredible i love that so much is on the line okay hold on <laughs> we've talked about relegation before and i love the idea of relegation 
but relegation with a series is like the most genius thing I've ever heard in my life. Yep, it is because then everyone's tuning into the bad teams. Are you kidding me? How are these like European leagues lapping the United States when it comes to this stuff? <laughs> yeah. Think about this. You're like the ultimate way to stop tanking and also increase entertainment. Like if the if the Browns and Lions had to play a game during like before the playoffs started to see which team got to stay in the NFL, <laughs> the ratings would be insane. Yes, they would. And uh, I mean, that's a way to get a developmental league to truly adopt like the XFL or something into mm-hmm. it, because then they're your developmental league. And then the Browns are playing in that league and you get to bring one of those teams up. Yeah, and there's a lot of reasons that, uh, you know, people have explained why relegation wouldn't exactly work in the United States. But, like, one thing would be, like, the contracts that these guys are getting paid. Like, like, the teams can only pay these contracts if they're also getting the massive revenue they get from the TV and all that stuff. But still, a seven-game series to stay in the the top (laughs) tier, that is high quality entertainment well how about this then what if what if contracts aren't five years 100 million dollars what if contracts are like five years 20 percent of your team's payroll or the salary cap and so players are incentivized too wow that's that's a good idea also how about that gonzaga game this weekend holy smokes i that was insane yeah, I was pulling for UCLA, so I was a little bit sad that they weren't able to get it done. But, like, I've never felt more strongly about a team not being able to hang their head after a game. Like, yeah. they literally played a perfect basketball game. Yep. And Gonzaga's just that good, and it's actually, like, frustrating how good they are. Um, my, I think my favorite part, though, is Mark Few's reaction. Like, one of the most epic moments in college basketball history happens – but he has such an understanding and a respect for the game that he couldn't even celebrate. Like his first thought was honestly just like, he kind of felt bad for them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. My respect for him went way up. Cause he would like, he just shrugged and like looked at Mick Cronin, like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I'm sorry. It ended that way. <laughs> like, like it was so epic. And it, that was the only way that game was ever going to end was something epic happening. Um, and so whether it would have happened then or the next overtime, um, the best part was like the win probability chart. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> it was literally yeah. just both teams, the exact same, the whole way through with like little blips. Um, and that was what, that's what like solidified to me that it was such a great game. Like obviously watch it and it was like, this is incredible, but I was also watching the abs and Rockies at the same time. And like, I was like, man, it felt like that just went back and forth the entire time. Like there weren't even like big runs. It was just like four points at a time at most. And then I I saw that. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) And it really felt like it was two teams of destiny going up against one another. And that's what happens. That's what a game looks like when you have two teams of destiny going, because Gonzaga has been the team of destiny this entire season and UCLA in this tournament. Holy cow. I mean, they, they just have been so good in defying every single odds. I I can't wait for tonight's game. I'm curious if Baylor is going to learn from UCLA and be able to keep it closer. If Gonzaga is going to say, we're not going to play this close game again. We're going to blow the doors off them. And then I just had a great idea. Since contracts are, don't matter in college <laughs> sports, what if um, leagues partnered up 
and let's say the Pac-12 and Mountain West partnered up and the worst team in the Pac-12 has to go down to the Mountain West the next yes. year. The best team in the Mountain West gets to come up to the Pac-12. Yes, that would be amazing. Oh, man. Although, would you be okay with that? Because a few years, uh, well, many years in a row, CU would have been yeah. in the Mountain West. The Buffs would have been relegated to, like, Division Two, by the way. No, no. I think it would actually have helped the Buffs during those years, right? Right. You, you bounce down to the Mountain West and win, you know, nine games, and then you come back or – I guess it would be really – it might be kind of hard to get out of there, but that's exactly what what's scaring our friend Swedish Bronco is like now you have to win the league to get out of there. But to take that uh, that Swedish theme and put it onto it, instead of just making it relegation, the best team in the Mountain West and the worst team in the Pac-12 play a game to uh to see if they keep their spots oh my gosh i absolutely especially because there's that lull in january uh well i mean with with college ball but how exciting would it be to have this relegation going on throughout the month of january and you also have nfl playoffs yeah yeah it would be epic wow Um, i love it so every power five team or or conference partners partners. with a non-power five and pac-12 and mountain west would be perfect yeah, and I think, you know, while it would really hurt a team to get relegated, I think it the the Pac tw- it would actually help the Pac-12 if for example, Boise State jumped up, you know, and then yeah. you had another very good program in your in your uh, league. It could also build some momentum for a bad team. Like you said, not, not just in terms of uh, a Pac-12 team winning nine games in the Mountain West, but also then you may get more fan interest from a nine-win team, even though they're in the Mountain West, compared to uh, you know a two-win team in the Pac-12. Yeah. Yeah, I think there, I think there's some legs to it. I but. love it. I bet you some CU fans will hate that I even brought it up. But <laughs> it's okay. Next one coming in from LDJ. Hey, fellas, hope you had an awesome Easter. You too, LDJ. Happy Easter. (laughs) Took that one from RK's book. He goes on and says, I love the quote Reisner made about Drew, roughly saying Drew has heard all the chatter and and he understands he deserves it. And he's approaching everything like he has to improve massively and has to be better and is working hard to show he's the guy. This reminds me of Bowles accountability before last season, accepting that fans had every right to boo him. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you scale your belief for Bulls to turn it around or how would you scale your belief for Bulls to turn it around last year versus where you scale Drew's ability to turn it around on a scale of 1 to 10? I mean, just being honest, like I was wrong about this, but like I didn't think Bulls was going to turn it around. I thought Bulls was better than people were giving him credit for, but I thought he was going to be a mid to low level starting left tackle for most of his career. With Drew, there's not three years of bad tape weighing him down. Um, So that gives me a little more hope for Drew. I would say last year, if you would have said, um, what are the chances of Bowles getting paid? What's he getting paid? Top 10 left tackle money? Yep. Yep. 17 million. I believe it's top five. Yeah. I would have, on a scale of one to 10, I would have given it like a four. Um, Whereas with Drew, I guess putting it in the same world, can he ever get top 10 quarterback money i'll put it at like a six 
Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I like those kind of numbers, but I, I would probably go a two for Garrett Bowles and a four uh, for, for Drew Locke. And uh, one thing that Drew doesn't have going in his direction, because I, I do believe that Drew has a better chance than, than Bowles had last year uh, at this time. But one thing that Drew doesn't have going his way is a guy that you talk about a lot, Ryan, Pat Shermer doesn't seem to uh, to necessarily play to Drew's strengths all the time. We're at the very opposite end. Bowles has one of the best offensive line coaches in the history of the game. So you could point to, to, to Mike Munchak, and I think that's what we were doing. We were saying if there's any way Garrett Bowles gets this turned around, it's because Mike Munchak uh, really hits him. No one's saying that like uh, about Pat Shermer right now and Drew Locke. No one's saying, man, if Drew just gets another year with Pat Shermer, it's really, really going to help him. Really good point. From Count Locula, my boys, cost-controlled quarterback is the answer. Not just to drinking. The salaries of the throwers have gotten too monumental to sustain the viability of the lower ranks. We must draft a quarterback if this corpse of guys is to reach the zenith. Even if Locke progresses, I fear it will be well into the depths of his money before his heights are illuminated. Draft a quarterback. If Locke wins the battle, great. If not, we have four years of a of bean hucking on the cheap so we can keep this D together. Love the count. What beans are we talking about? I mean, baked beans. I'm all in on that count. Um, and, uh, you just made me hungry too, but Hey, I am all for it. Give me a top five court. One of these top five quarterbacks this year. It's hard to argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I love it. Count next one coming in from B ham Bronco guys. I hope your weekend and Easter was awesome. It seems like the other AFC West teams have made a lot of moves this past off season. I'd love for you guys to rank the Broncos against their in-conference rivals. To me, the chargers likely had the best off season of the group with our Broncos as a close second. Can't wait to see what you guys think. Well, I mean, before Ryan even answers, I, I got to think that uh, Ryan would think the Broncos would have a better off season than the Chargers because he doesn't like what they did with Justin Herbert bringing a uh, defensive guy in for them. Uh, and for for me, I love what the Broncos have done this off season. The Raiders, I don't know what they are doing. Not only ha have they not made good moves, they've pretty much gotten rid of their entire offensive line and haven't made any huge upgrades at all. And of course the chiefs, it seemed like they were going to lose all of their players, but then they came back and made some huge moves on the offensive line, especially getting Thune there. So they, they probably stayed just as good. Yeah. I'm with you on everything. Um, I just want to clarify. I don't necessarily hate that the chargers went and got a defensive guy to be their head coach. I hate that they got a defensive guy to be their head coach and changed offensive coordinators. Um, for, to me, the benefit of getting a defensive coach would have been that you could keep the same coordinator in place for Justin Herbert and quarterbacks coach. The fact that they changed those up to me was a massive L on their part. doesn't make sense. If you were going to change schemes, you should have brought in an offensive guru to work with Justin Herbert. So would you say that the chargers had the third best off season within the AFC West Raiders worst chargers and then Broncos chiefs one and two. Yeah. Maybe not in that order, but the chiefs. So the chiefs obviously lost their tackles and then they went and replaced them. Mm -hmm. um, they lost Sammy Watkins. Mm -hmm. That hurts a little bit. Um, Anything change for them on defense? I don't think so. I don't think they, they got any big names or, or lost anyone. So it feels like the Chiefs, at best, 
stayed neutral, where the Broncos definitely got better. Yep, yep, that's it. That's a good point. So the Broncos, best team in the AFC West this offseason. And, and that makes sense because the Broncos definitely had you know a ton of room for improvement. Yep, exactly. Good point. Next one coming in from Mark IT Snatch. Hey guys, Mace, who played? Oh, you're going to have to leave this again. Leave this comment for us to read tomorrow because I know you want to get into the NFC South too. And Mace certainly has the expertise on that. Yes, of course. So next one coming in from Jason 17. Another day, another mock draft where the Broncos take Micah Parsons at nine. Gosh, I hope that doesn't happen. If we don't get a quarterback, I don't even see a position where we can draft at pick nine. The positional value just isn't there for us proving a guy like Penny or except if a guy like Penny or Pitts falls. Yeah, and Jason, that's kind of the realization we came to in the first segment. Uh, it's in Even if you want a wide receiver or a cornerback, you can probably get another really good one if you trade back. Yeah, I think it's trade. I, I don't think the Broncos pick at nine. Mm, I like that. I like that. And I, uh, I agree with that. And I think the odds would be in, in your favor too. And I think the, the number one scenario is Broncos trade back. Wouldn't be in my mind or, or in my book, but I think that's the, the most likely scenario. Then trade up and then stay at nine. Yeah. I just can't imagine them staying at nine and drafting like Micah Parsons. It just doesn't, doesn't feel like that's what they would do. And I got to say, I don't think Parsons is as high on their board as some of these mocks are saying. No, and again, he's a tweener to me. I just drafting that at nine is a big risk. Next one from Coach Tobin. I believe Shermer is out after a few games this season. Fangio will get tired of holding teams to ten points and then only posting nine. Also, has he been going to the pro days or has it mainly been Shula? Hey Pat, go join Flacco on the surface of the sun. Have a great day. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like if, if things don't go right this year, you're going to be shooting Pat to the sun. Yeah, I mean, do, is it do you roll Shula as your offensive coordinator then for the rest of the year? Mm, I don't know how much is going to change if you do that. Yeah. But I guess you give him a shot. Uh, it also depends on who your quarterback is. Yeah, that that's a good point. If Justin Fields, Trey Lance, one of those mobile guys – is your quarterback, you might really want to see what Shula can do with him, or at least ask him, like, hey, can you uh, can you pull out the Cam Newton playbook for us? <laughs> right, yeah, give that to us, and then we'll fire you after the season once you give it to us. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but, um, oh, gosh, what's that guy's name? Um, who is the Broncos' uh, offense coordinator under Vance Joseph? Um, oh, a oh, – Mike uh, McCoy, Mike McCoy. Yep. Mike McCoy gets all sorts of credit for the Tim Tebow year. And everything I've heard is that was Josh McDaniels playbook. Mm, which would make sense. Yep. He, he built it for, for Tim. He was the one that drafted him. Yeah, exactly. And so then they like, they were like, okay, Tim, like, what was the playbook? What did it, the playbook look like? And it's mm -hmm. like, Oh, here you go. And Mike's like, yep, this is all my idea if it works. And if not, well, well, I was stuck with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next one coming in from T Wood 16. Hey guys, just wanted to hear your thoughts on this scenario. Broncos trade nine to the Jets for 23, 34 and Sam Darnold. Who says no? And would you take that? It would never work this way, but yeah, I would take that. 
So you would take, you would trade back to pick 23 and get a second round pick with Sam Darnold. Yeah. I think in this scenario, it really seems like Sam Darnold's almost just a throw in here. That's what I mean. Like you are, this makes it seem like the jets are trading for number nine. What's re- what they really want to happen is you trade for Sam Darnold. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, so I think I agree with you. And I think the jets are the ones that say no here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're like going from nine to 23 and picking up 34 is a pretty decent trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're and just then tossing probably in want, Sam. Yeah. And so, and he, he even puts in the draft value on here. So that gets you to, just over a thousand number nines were 1350. So now you're throwing in like, uh, you know, another second round pick. So then you're just getting Sam Darnold for a second round pick. Um, it feels like, I mean, the, the value probably adds up, but it feels like the Broncos win this trade because they're not really giving up any premium for Sam Darnold, who was a former top five pick. I was just going to say, there's the, there's the quarterback premium that comes into here. So I think you did a good job of making it work draft value wise, but and I also don't know if the Jets would want to move up to nine if that would be in their most valuable interest because they're, they'll are they already have the big pick with Zach Wilson at two. Yeah, absolutely. Next one's from some people call me the Space Cowboy. Bleacher Report's mock draft has the Broncos taking Rayshon Slater at nine. I don't see it. Seems like the Broncos are in a great position to draft B-P-A-A-P-I-N at a position of need. Uh, wouldn't it be A-P-O-N, a position of need? <laughs> right. <laughs> Peyton set up the team to be solid all around, but has holes next year. I think Peyton uses this draft to accumulate assets and prepare for those holes in this draft. You know, that's something we haven't talked enough about, Zach, is you can absolutely draft corner at nine, and, and you're not really addressing a need right away. But if you get a great player, you're going to be very happy because next year you're going to need them. And the only thing with that is if you trade back the my at least in my mind, the top three corners, JC Horn, Caleb Farley, and Patrick Sertan, they're all pretty darn close players. So if you're going to do that, why not trade back and get as much as you can in order to get the one right. one of these other three? The question is like, would you rather have Patrick Sertan or JC Horn a second and a third? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And for me, just with how close they are, I'd rather do the latter, even though I'm passing up on my Bama guy. Yeah, I think you're I think that you're you're making the right call. Man, and Slater, here's the thing with Slater at nine. I can see it because there are some teams that like Slater more than Penny Sewell. And so if you think you're getting the best offensive tackle in this draft, well, then you're saying, you know, essentially goodbye to Juwan James, even if he's still on this team for this year, just because of his contract. Uh, and, and you're getting your bookend tackles for the next five years with Garrett Bowles and Slater or Sewell. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I mean. Again, it's another one of those needs that isn't an immediate need, but it's definitely a need. Right, exactly, exactly. And and the Broncos do have some holes, and it's just really interesting. And that's why I don't think they stay at nine, is the players that would fall to them at nine are already positions that the Broncos don't really need. So I think that there's some movement, either to jump up and really get the biggest hole that's left on the team at quarterback, or to fall back and and get some value there. Yep, yep. I think... uh... I don't know. It's really interesting. The Broncos are in such a flexible position. I think it's a good thing, but it also leaves with just so much uncertainty. Um, I'd love, like, it's not as exciting where they are right now. Like if the news breaks later, if we're doing an emergency pod later today, because the Broncos traded up to four 
Like the next three weeks leading up to the draft are going to be incredibly fun. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's not that it's not fun. It's just we're left in a big state of wonder um, where we have really no idea what the Broncos are going to do. And that's a, an advantageous position for the Broncos to be in. And especially not just because of all the trade up, trade down, stay put, but we're dealing with a first time general manager. So there's no history to look back on. It's so true. And, and it's, it's exciting. It is. It's exciting in the way that we just have to wait to see like, well, this is the first ever bits of information we're going to get about George Payton. Yep, exactly. It's exciting. Uh, speaking of exciting, it's exciting to get an education over at MSU Denver online. msudenver.edu slash online is the place to go to scope out all they have to offer. And there's so much, so much you can get done at MSU. Anything that you're interested in, they should have a program that you can work on. And you can do it from the comfort of your own couch. And you can do it while working a full-time job. Like I always say, MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college institution. So you can future-proof yourself by getting a great education at MSU Denver and keep that job that you need all at the same time. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. Before today, that's going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Talk to you tomorrow.